Side Hustle Show 217, Crowdfunding 101, How to Raise Money for Your Next Project. Welcome to the Side Hustle Show, where aspiring part-time entrepreneurs learn how to turn their side hustle dreams into reality. Because your nine to five may make you a living, but your five to nine makes you alive. And now your host, Nick Loper. What's up, what's up? Nick Loper here. Welcome to the Side Hustle Show. My guest today started his side hustle project in March 2013 and in less than four years has turned that into a multi-million dollar media company. Of course, I'm talking about Nathan Chan from Founder Magazine. That's F-O-U-N-D-R at foundermag.com. Now, Nathan is probably best known for building a huge following on Instagram and using that platform to grow the digital magazine business. The founder account now has uh, almost a million followers at this point. But today, I want to dive into a different angle of Nathan's business, and that's crowdfunding. You know, time, money, and ideas are the three big challenges I hear from Side Hustle Nation over and over again, and this conversation attempts to address one possible answer to the money question. Nathan and his team are fresh off a $200,000 Kickstarter campaign for the first volume of Founder Books, a really high-end, beautifully designed coffee table book, which you can find at foundermag.com slash book. He's going to share why Kickstarter is such a powerful platform, even if you don't have a big built-in audience, and everything he did to make their campaign a hit. Stay tuned for his advice on why you might consider crowdfunding, how to make the most of your Kickstarter exposure, and some other examples of Side Hustler's products that have taken off. Notes, links, and a free PDF highlight reel from this conversation are at sidehustlenation.com slash Nathan. Before we dive in, let me take a moment to thank today's sponsor, FreshBooks.com. If you're trying to turn your side hustle into a full-time gig like Nathan did, FreshBooks can help. They'll save you time dealing with your accounting and invoicing paperwork so you can spend more time making your hustle happen. For your free 30-day trial, go to FreshBooks.com slash SideHustle and enter the Side Hustle Show in the How Did You Hear About Us section. I'll be back to tell you a little bit more about FreshBooks, plus my top takeaways from this chat with Nathan after the interview. Ready? Let's do it. There's a few reasons we decided to crowdfund. One, I think crowdfunding is one of the best ways to pre-sell a product, a physical product, and validate it. I didn't know whether people cared enough because we're a digital-only media company, like the magazine. Everything we do is in digital. Yeah. We don't have any physical products. And I didn't know if people cared enough about a coffee table book. Someone actually wrote to me the other day and said, hey, Nathan, congratulations on your book. A co- I didn't know coffee table books were still a thing. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, me too. That's what we put on Kickstarter because we wanted to validate it. There's something really magical and special about the Kickstarter platform from a sales perspective too. It allows you to tap into to a new audience. Like oh, just another example, yesterday, this week, we're running a New Year's special for one of our products called Founders Club, which is a membership site. Uh, for entrepreneurs and startup founders, and somebody joined from pledging from our Kickstarter campaign. Now, we haven't even put all those people's emails into our CRM, but some people still have found out about Founder via Kickstarter. They've pledged for the campaign, and this person said, look, I, I first heard about Founder all via Kickstarter, and I'm so glad to be here. So this person must have went to our website, downloaded wow. one of our lead magnets, so what it's done is it's allowed us to tap into a new, a different kind of audience that we might not be currently tapping into, and it was a great branding exercise. We made a pretty big splash, and yeah, it was a great way to validate a product that we 
didn't know if something that people truly wanted. If we didn't hit the funding target, then we would have just gone digital. We just could have gone digital on the on the book and put it in Amazon. But luckily enough, was it something that people believed in enough that they really wanted to see it brought to life? We had a goal of fifty thousand, and we raised two hundred thousand. So. Yeah, it was, it was a great result to finish off the year, man. And that's kind of why we chose Kickstarter. So branding, validation, and tapping into a new audience. And, and it was a really fun project as well for me and the team. Tell me more about this new audience thing, because the campaigns that I see doing well outside of the random potato salad or whatever that seems to go viral, like with John Lee Dumas last year raising $400,000 or something for the Freedom Journal, yours with $200,000 campaign for this other book. It seems like the campaigns that I see doing well are from people who already have huge built-in audiences. And one question I want to address right at the beginning is crowdfunding, even something that's viable for somebody who doesn't have that built-in audience or somebody who's, who's getting just, just starting out. I think that was a really good, that's another really good question. And that's something that I kind of thought too myself in the early days but we actually had somebody in the founder community reach out to us just before we launched our Kickstarter project. So, you know, you send a few emails, you, you build up a bit of hype. And we did a, a pretty good pre-launch that on the first day that we launched, we made you know, 27000 uh, in the first day and we were fully funded in three days. And what happened was with the pre-launch is, we were sending a few emails to people in our community on our on our email database and somebody wrote back to me and his name was Don Brown. I'll share with you actually on Skype his Kickstarter project because I think you're going to find this fascinating is this guy, he, he follows the founder brand, he's in our community, he's like an infomercial specialist. He's always made his money, millions of dollars for infomercials, but has no platform, no platform online and he believes that Kickstarter is the new infomercials and he specializes in physical products, right? Okay. And long story short, he has no platform and he, I sat down with him for a Skype catch up and he, he was the one that told me that pretty much nowadays there's a lot of people that use Kickstarter like a modern day infomercial where they just love, people love to support campaigns. And there's about an audience size of 2 million on Kickstarter that back more than one project. And that's the audience you need to tap into because it's very, very difficult to get people, even in your existing platform, to get their attention, to go and get them to sign up for this Kickstarter website and, you know, understand exactly what's going on and then put down, you know, 50 to a hundred dollars to get whatever it is. And Dude, this guy has no platform. He raised more money than us. He did 381000 for a physical product. It's an incredible physical product, mind you. Like, don't get me wrong. It's an incredible idea and brilliant execution, but he had no platform. So what we found, and, and also you can see from, from the graph that um, and the data that I shared with you, we've had close to 2,000 backers and two-thirds of those backers already have a Kickstarter account. Only one third created a Kickstarter account from scratch. Now, if you look at our audience in our database, we have well over 2,000 people that have the purchased product, the magazine subscription, you know, e-courses, e-learning, all these other products. But still, you know, there is a, a strong barrier to entry. So yeah, like your platform can be helpful and it definitely has helped us, don't get me wrong. 
but there still is so much you can do and you can still even raise a lot more than what we've raised or, or bring a product or anything to life, even if it's 10 grand, even if it's 20 grand. Uh, there's been people in our community that had no platform that have actually been inspired by founder. They wanted to start digital magazines, so they actually crowdfunded their digital magazines. And those guys, they raised 10 grand for their magazine to bring to life. So you don't have to do it at, at the scale that we did it either. It doesn't have to be you know, this big kind of, you know, 200 or six-figure launch, you know? Okay. Well, we'll definitely have some of these uh, these charts and data that Nathan has shared over at SideHustleNation.com slash Nathan in the show notes for this page. So this is this is an interesting point here. It's like you mobilizing your own audience is kind of the initial momentum, but then you kind of have some visibility on this third-party platform that already has, like you said, a built-in audience of 2 million people, which is much more than <laughs> tuning into the side hustle show every month. So it's like, okay, those are the people that I want to target. Did you do anything specific to go after? Like, I don't know if they, like on Amazon, they publish, oh, here's a top 100 reviewer or something. And the authors will try and target those people to leave reviews for their books. Like, is there something similar on Kickstarter where you could find serial backers and try and get your project in front of them? Yeah. So what we did is we made... 36 grand from organic search. And you can see in that graph. So these are people that are just searching for projects for, for whatever reason. One of the biggest was we got into the projects that Kickstarter love. And that made us in particular eight grand, wow. which was 4% of our total. So even just that alone made us eight grand under the projects we love. Did you do anything like proactive to pitch that or, you know, did they just find your project? Hey, this has some momentum and it's beautifully designed. So we're going to put this up front. 100%. So we got, we got into the projects we love in the featured section within the first two days. And they're the kind of things like you, you know, if you look at our landing page, we went above and beyond. I got the ex head of designs at 99 designs to do our Kickstarter landing page, an amazingly talented graphic designer. And we went above and beyond with making our Kickstarter landing page just beautifully designed, really, really well done. And and when you do little bits and pieces like that, why wouldn't Kickstarter want to promote you? The design was amazing, man. And then we utilized a lot of our assets to really showcase the product. We used the faces of, of all these rock stars that have been on the front cover of our magazine yeah. that are, you know, are well-known entrepreneurs. You know, a lot of people say that you should make your video not too flashy. And we, we probably, you know, made our video quite flashy. And the reason we did that was because we wanted to show the Kickstarter audience that if they did put their money behind us and pre-order a book, that you will definitely get it because we have a successful company behind us and we understand what it takes and we have a background in publishing and we have a background and an in-house team on, on creating great content. So that's the first way that you can target the Kickstarter native audience of people that are actively backing projects on a consistent basis. But then there's another thing, there's, there's some other things you can do and, and probably the lowest hanging fruit was we worked with a company and, oh my God, I wish we had started working with them from the start. So I said to you offline, I know we made 200 grand, but I reckon we could have made 500 grand if we did some certain things. So one thing that we should have done, 
at the very start was use Facebook ads effectively. Facebook ads are a totally different kettle of fish when it comes to crowdfunding campaigns. And you need to, like, you can't do it yourself. You can't do it internally. And you can't use normal agencies that do Facebook ads. You need to find specialized Facebook ad agencies that all they do is Kickstarter campaigns. And remember, you know how I just showed you that guy that's got the ab, he, he invented the ab roller, then he crushed it on Kickstarter with Stealth that they did, you know, over 300 grand that smashed us in terms of funding. He was the one that told me, and I caught up with him, you know, midway through our campaign. He told me about this company called Jellop, J-E-L-L-O-P. And these guys are masterful at Facebook ads. And they only got involved doing our Facebook ads in the last five days of our campaign. Oh, wow. And they generated us an extra, I think it was close to 40 grand, and they got us a a 3x return. Okay, so you spent 12 grand to get that 40 or so. Yes, correct. Okay. So those guys were masterful men. They obviously have retargeting lists of backers. They've been doing Kickstarter. They've worked with people that have done like the Pebble Watch. They did the Pebble Watch. I don't know if it's – I can't say how much they made them, but they made them a lot of money, man. <laughs> okay. The thing is that they can do stuff that because they're driving you so much traffic via Facebook, right, that drives up your natural positioning in the feed, like in, in Kickstarter's you know, organic stuff as well. They take a commission, don't get me wrong, and I and I know the commission is negotiable, so I can't say publicly how much the commission was, but it was within fair and reason, Okay, and we could still make margin. It was very tight. To be honest, this project doesn't really make much money. We made a little bit of money, but there's hardly any margin there. But once we bring it to life, because the prices that we made it were really, really cheap, once we bring it to life and go public, it'd be quite a profitable product, but... For this Kickstarter campaign, it was purely a branding exercise and I guess a validating exercise for, for a product. But that's something that we did to really tap into the audience. And man, I wish we had started with those guys from the start yeah, because they would have had time to, to really refine the ads as well. What they did in terms of execution, getting us profitable that quick at scale, like at reasonable scale, was pretty impressive, man. Now, despite what Nathan is calling a missed opportunity in not starting with some of the crowdfunding specialist services earlier, he did do something that was really smart, and that was study up on some successful campaigns and people tied into the industry. And because of the nature of his business as a magazine publisher, he was able to turn that research into content. Hey, entrepreneurs, we know that anyone with a side hustle loves finding new ways to save. So if your business takes you on the road, sign up for a free membership with Hertz Business Rewards. Work trips, client meetings, industry conferences with Hertz Business Rewards, you'll save at least 20% every time you rent a car. And you'll save on more than just the daily rate. Members earn credits redeemable towards free rental days. It's also free to add an additional driver if any additional coworkers come along. And for those Gen Z entrepreneurs out there, no young renter fees. Plus, sign up for Hertz Business Rewards today and earn three times credits during your first 90 days. So whether you're traveling for a side hustle or a main hustle, join for free at Hertz.com slash business rewards. Applies to base rate, taxes, fees, and options excluded. Additional terms and exclusions apply. Visit Hertz.com slash business rewards to learn more. What we did do about a year and a half ago was we did do 
we didn't know we were going to do a crowdfunding campaign at the time. Well, we kind of did, but we kind of didn't. But a year and a half ago, we did an issue for the magazine called The Crowdfunding Guide, The Ultimate Guide to Crowdfunding. Oh, okay. We interviewed some of the most successful crowdfunding campaigners that existed at that point in time. And we also interviewed the founder of Indiegogo. Okay. <laughs> you had an inside view of it. I love it. Yeah, 100%. We, yeah. And we did also have someone in our community that we interviewed as well. Her name is Francesca Cavallo and herself and her co-founder ran a magazine as well. And they also ended up running the most successful ever crowdfunding campaign for a book and they raised 1.2 million. So we interviewed her as well just before we launched and learned a lot. Jeez, I see all these books like I'm never even it's never even crossed my mind. Like it's it's to me it's such speculative work. Like I'm going to write this book, I'm going to put it out there and hope it sells versus you've got to reverse that and say like I'm going to sell this book and then I'm going to write it and then I already know it's going to sell because it's already sold. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a crazy thing, man. Like that's another example of someone that didn't really have a platform. Yes, they had a little bit of a platform for their magazine. What was the magazine or what's the book that they did? So their magazine and company is called Timbuktu Labs and they created apps for young kids. But they refined the niche and they're going down a whole new niche. So they actually did a pivot. And what their pivot was is they, they're targeting, I guess, parents of young girls. And they created a book called Goodnight Stories for Rebel Girls. And they absolutely crushed it. So they did build an audience in the three to six months before they launched. They built an email list of, I think it was maybe 5,000. So of course you have to build a little bit of a platform before you launch. Like yeah. you need a, you know, you need your thousand true fans or, or whatnot, but people that are really dedicated and hardcore that as soon as the project goes live, they're going to back it. So they found people. Because what the book was all about was it was about educating the leaders of tomorrow and educating young girls. So it's a book targeting parents of young girls because the book features, you know, female leaders and inspirational women of our time. The book absolutely crushed it, man. So they didn't have much of a platform at all. Certainly a platform nowhere near the size of founder and they smashed us too, man. So. <laughs> It's less about the platform than you think, and it's more about the product, the project, and the execution. I know like coming up with, hey, we hired this guy to do the landing page. Hey, we put a lot of effort into this video. It's like this stuff takes time and money. How expensive is it? I'm from the mentality of like, man, that's expensive. I don't want to spend that money, especially when I'm trying to raise money. But it's like, how expensive is it to not do it and not raise any money? So tell me about the campaign target. You know, How did you settle on the $50,000 target when I think... I don't know. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think you had an idea that you could probably raise way more than that. Is there some psychology in setting like an attainable goal? Because it's my understanding, at least on Kickstarter, is it's all or nothing, right? Like if you hit 49,000, you would get zero of that. Yeah, that is correct. So we did have a Kickstarter consultant or crowdfunding consultant that helped us. That was a, a friend of mine. Her name's Kirsten Ross. And she said to me, you make the campaign goal as low as it possibly can be to bring the project to life. So I took into consideration graphic design costs, editing costs, writing costs of my team's time because everybody in the team, in the content team, has pitched in to bring the book to life in terms of actually producing the assets. 
even like our virtual assistance time now, because we're doing an audio book, the girls have been working flat out right now, producing the audio book in the past two weeks, and also to do a minimum print run. So that was the lowest amount of money that would bring the project to life. And that's how we settled with that dollar number. And the reason that you choose the lowest amount of money to bring the project to life, like you don't have to go as, you know, aggressive as we did. You can, you can definitely go much lower, but pretty much the, if you do that, Kirsten said you, cause it's all about getting funded or close to funded as quick as possible because that's what's going to get you the traction with the organic search and tapping into the audience where people will see it. And people only want to back a project that's getting momentum. It's a social proof thing. It's it's a psychology thing. So that's why you make it as low as possible. I think John Lee Dumas, he made his even lower. His was maybe 30 grand or something, I think. Yeah. And then it looks like we made so much over our goal or, you know, we 10 X our goals, all this weird all this weird stuff. Tell me about the fee that the platform takes and if that was a consideration in choosing. So you mentioned Indiegogo versus Kickstarter. Like of the 200 grand, how much do you get to take home and put toward this project? Kickstarter take 5% and then you have to account for Stripe transfer fees, which two to three, well, they say three to 5%. Okay. So that's a consideration you have to take into account. And then also there are failed payments, like any anything that you have on a recurring or, you know, because what actually happens is, and people would not know this, and I didn't even know this either, is what happens when you back a Kickstarter project is your credit card isn't charged until the funding timeline is complete. So we did a 30-day funding timeline. So we did from November 15th to December 15th. Yeah. So some people could have backed us on November 15th. They could have put in and bought 100 books for three grand, including shipping, but their card won't be charged until December 15th. Oh, okay. So with that, at that point in time, there's failed payments. So we didn't actually see the full amount of money transferred to us. Obviously, those people that their cards bounced and – Kickstarter flat out follow them up. So Kickstarter go through a cool off period once they close up the campaign to try and recover any funds. And they did recover a lot of funds, but there's still some that they don't. I think the goal with a Kickstarter project, Nick, is not so much to make a lot of profit. You can, depending on the product, but I think the goal should be always to do a branding exercise to get people to bring your product to life and get a truck ton of pre-orders, get your feedback. This is a community of people that have pretty much put money into thin air and are saying, I'm prepared to give you my cold hard cash in the hope, in the belief that you're going to send me something in the mail anywhere between one month to a year away. And people are prepared to wait. It's a lot of trust that goes into it. So a lot of these people can give you feedback, man, and you can you can work with them. And then, you know, if you launch another version or if you have other products, these are buyers. These are people that are prepared to back other projects or get behind you for other products or purchase right. other products. Or I think the play has to be not so much profit, not so much a making money play, but a bringing a project to life or bringing a product to life, validating that product, getting feedback, building a list of buyers. 
and making some profit, but at the same time, I guess, really bringing a project to life and funding it. That's the play, and I think that's the beautiful part where you can really, if you're a side hustler, you can, and you're in your day job, just like I was, you can use Kickstarter to validate your side hustle project. And then once you do fulfillment, you could do extra stock. Like That's where the gold is. The money that we made because we went well and above, we're going to do a, a much higher book run than we anticipated. And that extra book run money has come from our backers. So when we do our fulfillment, we'll have you know a few thousand more books sitting in the warehouse that we can sell all day, every day for pure profit, man. Right. And that's when you really start to make good money. That's, I think, the mentality and mindset people have to attack it from. So if you're a side hustler, that's the dream. You don't have to put any capital behind it. You can still, you know, use money from your day job or use money from other projects or other, you know, little side hustle projects that, you know, are supporting your cash flow and paying your rent, et cetera, et cetera. But this could be the mainstream thing where you could go from side hustle to full time. That's the dream, right? Okay, for those of you scoring at home, Nathan said around $36,000 came organically from Kickstarter, money from people they had no record of in any of their databases. That represented about 18% of the total money raised, far outpacing the 5% platform fee that Nathan mentioned. And that's where it sounds like the gold is, where Kickstarter and these other platforms earn their keep is from this extra incremental exposure that you otherwise wouldn't have seen. When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search and hit the ground running with your new hire. But what if you could get rid of the search part and just get matched with qualified candidates? Well, now you can with our sponsor, Indeed. It's simple. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. The matching and hiring platform is trusted by over 3.5 million businesses worldwide to connect with great talent faster. And 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. For my next hire, I'm using Indeed to tap into a talent pool of 350 million unique monthly visitors. And what else is cool is Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use it, the better it gets. And how about this? Side Hustle Show listeners get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show. Just go to Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Did you know that roughly half of Side Hustle Nation hasn't started their side hustle yet? If that's you, I get it. Starting and building a business is tough. It takes more than just an idea. There are tons of moving parts, and it's a bit like trying to assemble your airplane in the middle of takeoff. Thankfully, our sponsor, Taylor Brands, is helping Side Hustle Show listeners make that leap and make it all a lot easier. Their comprehensive platform guides you through every step, making sure you have everything you need all in one place. Think of it like your behind-the-scenes partner for things like LLC formation, licenses and permits, getting an EIN, setting up your business bank account, bookkeeping and invoicing, insurance, logos, trademark protection, and a lot more. Taylor Brands helps you handle it all seamlessly. And to get you started, Side Hustle Show listeners get 35% off Taylor Brands LLC formation plans when you use our link. That's taylorbrands.com slash side hustle. Taylor Brands, like a tailor for your clothes. T-A-I-L-O-R-B-R-A-N-D-S dot com slash side hustle. Start your business journey today with the help of Taylor Brands. One of the cool things about Kickstarter is the ability to really tap into the power of 
you know, 80-20 pricing, right? Where, you know, probably 80% of the funds that you raise come from 20% of your most loyal backers because you have this cool, like different price tiers. You can put like, I'm going to order a hundred copies of this book for thousands and thousands of dollars. You tell me a little bit about the strategy behind the different price tiers that you guys set up. One thing we did, major rookie mistake that cost us big time is we made the cost of shipping the true actual cost of shipping. So to ship internationally, it did cost 40 Australian dollars and people hated it. People churned like we got some i reckon we got so much cut we kickstarter doesn't tell you how many people bounce from the cart but biggest lesson if you make the book forty dollars the actual item forty dollars and you make the shipping the same cost people will be outraged and people will be personally offended that was a mistake we made we shouldn't have done the true cost of shipping we should have made it 60 instead of forty dollars for the item and forty dollars for shipping we should have made it sixty dollars and then twenty dollars for shipping to send to people because the book is quite heavy. But yeah. that's a, a lesson that we learned. One of the best ideas that we ever had, and this is, I didn't even come up with this, JC and my team came up with this, was we did a lifetime subscription for the magazine bundled into getting a copy of the book. So you get both of those things for $70. That one was the one that was the outlier that I think out of the 1,800 backers, around 1,500 or 1,300, at least our biggest proportion was that tier. That was the hit. That was yep. that was the hit. What did you have at the, at the very high end? So at the very, very high end, we had a marketing workshop, sponsorships, and we sold all those sponsorships. We have sponsorships now that we locked down with Infusionsoft, Pipedrive, FreshDesk, ClickFunnels. We sold some good ones. And to do that, we did outbound. We did a lot of outbound and we had a lot of relationships that got those across. So yeah, we sold all our sponsorships. They were our biggest packages. I just literally delivered a marketing workshop yesterday. So yeah, those were like the higher tier ones than the 100 books. We had a couple of people in our community that actually purchased 100 books, which was really cool. Wow. So they were three grand, three grand including shipping. And then, yeah, the rest were kind of really filtered down. But the biggest outlier was the uh, $70 one book plus uh, lifetime subscription to the magazine. That crushed it. Pretty cool stuff, man. Nathan, this has been awesome. I appreciate you taking the time to school me in the ways of crowdfunding, something I really didn't know anything about. So all of this is new to me. It's very cool stuff. Again, it's foundermag.com and foundermag.com slash book if you want to check out this really cool book they've put together. Let's wrap this thing up with your number one tip for Side Hustle Nation. For every side hustle that's listening, I was once a side hustler too, and that's how I started Founder. I think that's the best way to start any business, and my recommendation is to make sure you have six months worth of saving before you leave your day job, and if you can, if it is possible, definitely build a product that has recurring revenue like we did with Founder Magazine. That's what allowed me to leave my day job and replace my income. So because it is predictable, it's much less scary when the time does come to leave your day job. And, you know, as a side hustler, I, it sounds like you probably don't like risk. I don't like risk yeah. either. So recurring income is much more predictable and much less risky. You're speaking my language. Nathan, thank you so much for joining me and we'll catch up with you soon. Yeah, thank you so much for having me, Nick. It's an absolute pleasure, my man. This edition of the Side Hustle Show is brought to you by FreshBooks.com. If you're anything like Nathan was trying to grow your side hustle into a full-time gig, hey, you're in the right place. The trick is to make sure your pile of paperwork isn't growing as well. 
And that's where our friends at FreshBooks come in. They've created award-winning cloud accounting software for side hustlers, freelancers, and entrepreneurs like us who need to keep the admin and paperwork in check, but don't have a lot of time to do it. Right now happens to be the perfect time to give FreshBooks a try. Why is that? Well, FreshBooks has just launched an all-new version of their platform that's been rebuilt from the ground up. Sending invoices, tracking your time, and managing your projects is now faster and more intuitive than ever. And of course, they support recurring billing, so you can set your biz up for predictable revenue, like Nathan said. On top of that, the FreshBooks mobile app works wherever you do, and you can even snap pictures of your receipts on your phone to make claiming expenses about a million times easier. See how the all-new FreshBooks can save you time dealing with your paperwork so you can spend more time making your hustle happen. Go to FreshBooks.com slash side hustle to start your 30-day free trial today. That's FreshBooks.com slash side hustle to begin your 30-day free trial. All right, my top takeaways from this call with Nathan, number one, give it a push. Even though Nathan could have hit his goal with just his existing audience, he had a bigger vision for this thing and that led him to hustle on the marketing front. The design, the video, the outreach, the Facebook ads, all that effort led to thousands of extra dollars. Takeaway number two, is uh, this is a low-risk way to validate your product. If you've got a physical product idea, this could be the cheapest and fastest way to see how people react. Are they ready to plunk down money for it? Like if you're looking down the barrel of a $5,000 minimum order from an Alibaba supplier, maybe you could spend a fraction of that on a nice video and launch a Kickstarter campaign to see if anybody even wants the thing. Takeaway number three is the 80-20 pricing. There's a great book called 80-20 Sales and Marketing that I think is a must-read before you launch a crowdfunding campaign. Basically, it's about giving your biggest fans and supporters a way to give you more money. In one example, the book talks about different ways to watch a football game, right? 80% of the people probably don't care at all and won't even watch. The next level of fans are going to watch for free on TV. The next level of fans can buy tickets to the game and watch it live. And of course, they can choose between the cheap end zone seats or the expensive 50-yard line ones. And at the very bottom of the funnel, the hardcore fans, they're the ones sitting in that $10,000 luxury box. And at the end of the day, it's the same product. But by giving different options, the team can maximize the revenue and the fans can pick and choose the best experience for them and their budget. And I think crowdfunding lets you do the same thing in a pretty cool way. It was interesting for me to hear, in despite Nathan's campaign's success, all the stuff he would do differently next time, which goes to show you there's there's always room for improvement. So head on over to sidehustlenation.com slash Nathan to download the free PDF highlight reel with all of Nathan's top tips from this episode, or you can do it right from your phone using the link in the episode description of your podcast player app. That's it for me. Thank you so much for tuning in. Until next time, let's go out there and make something happen. And I'll catch you in the next edition of the Side Hustle Show, where you're going to meet a six-figure Fiverr seller with some killer advice on why she gave the platform a second chance and how she's used it to bring in a steady stream of income. I'll see you then. Hustle on. Thanks for listening to the Side Hustle Show at www.sidehustlenation.com. 